0: Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unweathering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I am so very grateful and thankful that we have this time to spend together today in the Word of God. I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible nearby, to go and open to Psalm 25. and We're going to be studying that today as we come to Episode 7 of Season 4 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are working our way through the book of Psalms this season, picking out some specific uh, texts and chapters that can hopefully help us weather the storms of life. In the previous episodes, we have looked at Psalms 3, 4, 5, and 23. But again, today we come to Psalm 25, a beautiful, beautiful text that reminds us that God is the one in whom we need to put our trust. I want to begin by simply thinking about the title of this this psalm and, and your your subscript might be a little bit different. Mine simply reads A plea for deliverance and forgiveness, a psalm of David. But you may be more familiar with the song that we sometimes sing, connected with the psalm Unto thee, O Lord. And that is of course a beautiful text, a beautiful song that we sing. I know a lot of our young people here at Quitman lead it uh, very frequently. It's a great reminder. And of course, this is where we get that song from. And so we think about Unto Thee, O Lord, as a title for this psalm a plea for deliverance and forgiveness, but also another one for the waycaster and his commentary entitled Psalm 25, simply Calm Meditations. So I hope today as we try to weather the storm, that we can have some calm meditation as we work through Psalm 25. We'll begin by reading this text with you, give an outline of the text and is always closed with points of application that we can apply to our lives that will ho- hopefully help us with our walk with the Lord. This is a lengthy psalm, and so let me begin by reading through it. It is a Hebrew acrostic, meaning that all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the, the verse begins with a, a new letter. And so this is one of those alphabetical psalms that we have. So again, 22 verses, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. This is an acrostic, and it's a beautiful psalm of praise. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. To such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me, and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. Psalm 25 Abraham Lincoln was credited with admitting, I have often been driven to God by the overwhelming sense that I had nowhere else to go. And I believe that that sentiment is brought out in the psalm. Notice that David says, Unto thee, O Lord, unto you, I lift up my soul. That there's nowhere else that I can turn to find the comfort and the direction and the guidance that I need when I'm going through the storm. And so from the very first uh, part of this psalm, we can learn the importance of looking to God and putting our trust in Him. I'm going to give you four points as we outline this psalm together. Number one, David's soul was burdened, but it was lifted up. His soul was burdened, but lifted up. Here we find trust and triumph. His desire was to lift up and to look up. We find in Colossians chapter three, beginning there in verse one, "If then you've been risen with Christ," it's a reference there to obeying the gospel, rising out of the water grave of baptism. Romans six through six. If you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Do not set your affection on things of the earth, but on things that are above. You know that that text in Colossians three is extremely practical. The whole chapter is. But I believe the heavy emphasis there is our perspective. Our perspective. Our souls are going to be burdened. Our our bodies, our physical bodies are going to be burdened. And that's just how life is. And yet, in the midst of that, if our perspective is right, then we can be lifted up. If we fear God, we trust God, we love God, we live for Him, even in those dark times and, and difficult places, we can be lifted up. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Spurgeon said, He who fears God has nothing else to fear. And I believe that's something that we need to remember here. I'm not going to be ashamed. There's no need for me to be ashamed. There's no need for me to fear because I fear and I trust God. And so in verses 1 through 3, there's that emphasis on putting your trust in God And because of that, there's no reason to be ashamed. The word ashamed appears three times. Verse 2, let me not be ashamed. Verse 3, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. But then verse 3, the latter part, let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. And so for those who are not doing what God says to do, and they're not putting their trust in Him, well, there's a a reason to be ashamed. But if your trust is in God and you're lifting up your soul unto Him, No reason to be ashamed. I lift up my soul to you. I trust in you. Number two, from Psalm 25, we learn that David's heart was heavy, but open to God's instructions. Notice the language with me in verses four and five. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Show me, teach me, lead me. And notice he says, "Teach me twice." I think that's significant. There's humility in that, and there's also a dependence on God. David says, "I can't do this on my own." So show me, teach me, lead me. We need to understand that that Christianity is a taught religion. John 6:44 and 45 those who hear and learn of the father coming to me Jesus said you got to hear and that's how you can learn faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god Romans 10:17 that's where it all begins and so notice this dependence and humility show me teach me lead me but then notice the language show me what your ways teach me what your paths lead me in what in your truth Your ways, your paths, your truth. Not mine. Not my way. My way leads to death. Romans 6.23 My path leads to destruction. And my truth really doesn't matter, does it? If it doesn't line up with God's. There's only one standard of absolute truth, and that's the truth of God. And that's the truth by which we'll be judged one day. John 12.48 So not mine. And not man's, not man's ways, not man's paths, not man's truth, but the truth of God. Verse 10, we find that all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And so David's soul was burdened, but lifted up. His heart was heavy, but open to God's instructions. And then notice why, verse 5, for or because you are the God of my salvation. So when I recognize that God is the God of my salvation, Then I trust in Him, and then I ask Him, show me, teach me, lead me. I open up His Word, and I find the guidance and the comfort that I need to navigate through the storms of life. Number three, notice that David's mind was fixed on the grace of God. His mind was fixed on the grace of God. Verses six and seven. He says, remember... That's going to pop up three times in this text. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So again, notice the word remember. He's asking God to remember his tender mercies, his loving kindness, and his goodness But then he says, do not remember the sins of my youth. Third, remember me according to your mercy. I mentioned the word grace there. His mind was fixed on the grace of God. When you try to break down grace, what is grace? We talk about it being unmerited favor, and and that's right. That's really more of a, a description than a definition. What are the ingredients of grace? How do we really bring it out? Brother Dan Winkler has done a great work on this, Uh, The Grace of God. He's written a book entitled uh, Amazing Grace, Incredibly Simple, Simply Incredible, and emphasizing the ingredients of grace, and I think that's important. And you find them right here, tender mercies, loving kindness, and goodness. If you take those three terms and you go to Ephesians 2, 4 through 8, go to Titus 3, 3 through 5, you're going to find the same ingredients there. So, what is the grace of God? It's the tender mercy, the loving kindness, and the goodness of God extended toward man. That's grace. And here David's mind was fixed on it. His soul was burdened, his heart was heavy, but his mind was fixed on the grace of Almighty God. He knew he was dependent upon that. He was weighed down because of his own sin. My sins. Sins of my youth. But he says, according to your mercy, remember me, forgive me, be with me. So remember your tender mercies and your loving kindness, but do not remember the sins of my youth. Verse 11, it says, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. So we've noticed in working through this psalm that David is going through a storm, and this storm in particular is his reflection back on the sins of his youth. And when we study the life of David, and we think of some of the things that are recorded in Scripture. Now David definitely had some difficult times, and he he some self-inflicted wounds spiritually. But he's asking God, please don't hold that against me. Under you, I put my trust. I, I I want to I want to do what you would have me to do. So show me your ways, teach me your truth, let me walk how you would have me to walk. Again, it's a great prayer, and it shows that humility and dependence. That David had on his God. And you and I need to have that as well. And so David's soul was burdened. But lifted up. His heart was heavy. But open to God's instructions. His mind was fixed on the grace of God. And then finally verses 8 through the end of the chapter. Verse 22. David's motive was pure. His motive was pure. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. David's motive is from one who had a humble heart. He's coming to God in all humility. He's not coming in any kind of haughty or arrogant way. He's pleading for God to be gracious toward him and to be merciful toward him. And he knows that's how he can get through the storm. In verse 12, he says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Again, he who fears God has nothing else to fear. He himself, verse 13, shall dwell in prosperity. His descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. He'll show them his covenant. And so verse 15 is a natural response. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Notice that perspective. What does that remind you of? Reminds me of Peter. You know, Jesus was on the water and Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Sometimes we may not emphasize that, but Peter did walk on the water for a moment. What happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus, didn't he? His eyes in that moment were not toward the Lord, but he's looking around the storm around him. He's looking at the water below him. He's looking at his own inability and he fell. But when I focus my attention on God's ability and his greatness, That changes everything. So David says, Unto you I lift up my soul. I'm looking unto you. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he's the one that can get me out of this. The final section there is verses 16 through 22. And again, we're thinking of the motive of David being pure. I want you to notice two things with me. Number one, let's look at David in the storm. Verses 16 through 18. And then let's notice David patiently awaiting relief from the storm in verses 20 and 21. And I want you to notice how beautiful this is, and David arriving, uh, growing to this new perspective. I believe this is something that you and I can, can apply to our lives and to help us. Verses 16 through 18, notice David in the storm and think of the language. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am Desolate. Where desolate means lonely and afflicted. The word for afflicted in the Hebrew means grievously, grievously hurting. It's amazing to think about that, isn't it? Grievously hurting or afflicted. I am lonely and I am hurting beyond imagination. Verse 17, the troubles of my heart have enlarged, bring me out of my distresses. I believe looking at those words helps us to see that he was definitely in a storm, wasn't he? Verse 18, my affliction, my pain. Where did the affliction and pain come from? Forgive all my sins. David is hurting bad. He's lonely. He's afflicted. His heart is troubled. He's distressed. He's in affliction. He's in pain. So where does he go in the midst of a storm? Notice how he arrives to this, verses 20 and 21. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed. Why? For I put my trust in you. Verse 2. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I will wait for you. The word wait there emphasizes patience. Integrity means you're right with others. Uprightness means you're right with God. Notice that theme again of let me not be ashamed. The only way that's possible is if you put all of your trust in God. And so through affliction and through pain, David found patience and understanding. And I believe that's exactly what James was emphasizing in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy and you fall into various trials. Why? Because it can produce patience. Steadfast endurance under trials. It can help you have the right perspective. It can help you be more humble and more dependent on God. I believe David is working through this in this psalm. He's, he, he's kind of in a storm that he's created in the sense that all the sins of his youth is, is haunting him. His enemies are approaching him. He, he's distressed. He's afflicted. All these different thoughts are going through his mind. He's in a very dark, difficult place. And yet he's able to lift and go above that, elevate his mind and his heart and his soul to look unto God and to put his trust in him. Again, this psalm is, is perfectly suited for weathering the storm and for this podcast. It's because of what David was going through and what you and I sometimes find ourselves going through. I believe this psalm can be extremely helpful. I want to close with a quote that I found from the Treasury of David. Uh, something that's been helpful for me in, in thinking about this. and It all goes back to our faith and our trust in God in the midst of the storm, trusting that He will get us through it and that we'll be better for it. We'll be more dependent on Him, be humbled by the experience, and and understand that without the grace and mercy of God, we really don't have a hope at all. But because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His truth, we can be guided in the right direction, and we can arrive safely at home. I'll read this quote, and the lesson will be yours today. Faith is the cable which binds our boat to the shore and by pulling at it, we draw ourselves to the land. Faith unites us to God, and then draws us near to Him. As long as the anchor of faith holds, there is no fear in the worst tempest. If that should fail us, there would be no hope left. We must see to it that our faith is sound and strong, for otherwise prayer cannot prevail with God. Woe to the warrior who throws away his shield! What defense can be found for him who finds no defense in God? In other words, you and I, if we strive to weather the storm without God, we're going to fail. But if we can go through the storm and we can look unto God, we have no reason to be ashamed and we can be successful. Not on our own strength, but on God's. I thank you so much for listening today to episode seven of Weathering the Storm. And I hope that this study in the book of Psalms has been helpful for you so far. I hope it will continue to be helpful. Uh, As we work through the rest of uh, these psalms together, I'm just very, very grateful for this time I get to spend in the Word of God, and this time I get to spend with you. So again, I thank you so much for listening, and I hope something that has been said today will help you as you weather the storm. Thank you so much. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.